Parevces, Urachim Vord Miatselek Metsagrin, Yesaspet Tavit Medzorianem, Tif Meg Ararat Talijits. Hello, I'm Aspet David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge Number 1 here in Boston. Welcome to Episode 39 of the Talking Vartan Podcast. There will soon be a new Daughters of Vartan Otyag here in New England, the first one in many years. It will be happening on Saturday, October 22nd in the area known as Merrimack Valley, about 20 miles north of Boston. Officiating at the event, which will actually be in several parts, is my first guest today on the Talking Vartan podcast. She is the grand chairperson of the Daughters of Vartan, Avagdirui Gloria Kakorian. She and Avagdirui Laura Lucasian made the trip from Michigan this past weekend to begin preparations for next month's event and also to visit Santo Hotiak No. 5 in Worcester. We were also joined later in our conversation by the soon-to-be Dirui of the new Tsuig Otiak, Susan Hazavratian. Our conversation took place at the home of Nakin Dirui Araksivan in Methuen, Massachusetts. Avag Dirui, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you and to welcome you for your first appearance on the Talking Vartan podcast. I know that you had... A pretty long drive to get over here to uh, New England, all the way from Michigan, and uh, we're just happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Tell me what this time has been like for you in terms of uh, being able to lead the Daughters of Vartan through these times, and what have been the biggest challenges for you? Well, it's been very interesting because... Nakinavak Didui Alice Kalustian actually led uh, the daughters through the COVID period. And because of her uh, skills and adapting to Zoom, uh, she was able to bring all of the sisterhood together. Uh, and she knew nothing about Zoom. She learned about it, the technology behind it, uh, and met with the sisters, installed sisters, initiated sisters kept the organization going. I can't imagine where we would be if we didn't have Zoom, if for those two years we were blacked out. I don't think that we would have been able to recover. Oh, I agree with you, and I know the same thing applies to the Knights as well. You have been a member of the Daughters of Vartan for quite a while, and specifically with Zabel Otiag in Michigan. Is it Detroit, Michigan? Is that where you? Is that where the Otiag is? It's in it's in Southfield, Michigan. Southfield? But we all say Detroit, okay, because right. we were instituted in Detroit. I want to ask you the same question I've asked every other leader whom I've spoken to from both the Knights and the Daughters. What was it initially for you about the mission and the work? of the Daughters of Vartan that inspired you to want to become a member and then eventually to assume so many positions of leadership, including that of Avagdirui? Well, that's an interesting question because I jotted down notes before I became Didui, and one of the uh, questions I had was, what was your call to service? And uh, my call to service was my family. My father and mother were involved in everything, the Armenian Church, the Ospets, the Daughters of Vartan, the Takean Society. Uh, my parents were never home, and they were always at meetings. And did we feel left out as kids? My brother is 20 months older and my sister 16 months younger. But we were on our own when we were preteens, and we always felt safe at home. But we watched our parents build a business and then spend most of their uh, 
uh, leisure time in organizational work. So my, uh, I started out uh, with uh, the daughters, not the daughters, the Rainbow Girls um, the, in the Masonic Order. Okay. My father was a Mason, my mother was an Eastern Star, my brother was a Demolay. So my sister and I joined the um, Rainbow Girls, and that's for young women between the ages of 14 and 20. And you really aged out once you graduated from high school. And so uh, I joined, I was shy, I took positions, and basically I, I'm sure most of us know that the Knights and Daughters are based on the Masonic Order. And if uh, and so I, I did the chairs, I started out as love, which was the first position, and I became worthy advisor. And after I was worthy advisor, I was Grand District Representative to Texas, and then I aged out, I was in college. Right. So that's my first um, experience with service, and this was service to the community through the Masonic Order. I lived in New York, and I lived in New Jersey and worked in New York for 22 years, and during that time, I belonged to no organization. My life was commuting. Commute to New York two and a half hours, come back two and a half hours because I lived in central Jersey. So no Armenian organization? No Armenian organization, nothing. Uh, and But I would go to the Armenian church, I would go to the cathedral, I would go for um, major holidays. And uh, once I relocated back to Michigan, I hesitated about joining organizations. And then I joined the church, rejoined it as a dues-paying member, joined the Women's Guild, assisted the Senior Women's Guild with their newsletters. And uh, my mother was already a knocking dirui, my father was a knocking spada bed, and my sister-in-law, Ivan Korkoyan, was a knocking didwe at the time, and my brother was uh, a knocking spada bed, Edward Korkoyan. And they just kept asking me and asking me to join. And once I made that commitment, I was in. That was 28 years ago. I was a member for one year, and I became the secretary of the Tubruhi. I served for seven years as Tubruhi because it fit with my work life. Mm -hmm. And then I served on two Avachoruts, one with Nakin Avak Dirui Ivan Korkoyan in 2002 to 2005, and then with Anita Arslanian from 2007 to 2009. And I went back to my Otyag, and then I served, a th uh, I, after Anita, I became Dirui for two terms. And, uh, and I served a third term, and I was Grand District Rep. I mean, I was involved from day one. And I loved the involvement, because when you're involved, you meet all these people, and it's a sisterhood. I belong to my Women's Guild, but it's a different feeling. Mm -hmm. I go to the Women's Guild, I look around, I sit with my sister-in-law, I, I go home. I go to the Daughters of Artan, and I feel I am at home. Everyone is, uh, the hardest part, the absolute hardest part was when I first became a member, having to call people, the women that I used to call Mrs. Bajulian and Mrs. Serafian. Now they said, no, no, my name is Armina. Call me Armina. My name is Zabel. Call me Zabel. That was really hard, but they meant it. That's what it was like for me when I joined Autodot Lodge in 2017. A lot of the members there I've known for decades and, you know, especially some of the older ones, I was, you know, Mr. Sarkeesian and Mr. Jeanette and all that. No, no, David, Sarkis, Sarkis, uh, you know, Bedros, don't go, none of that. And, of course, they all knew my dad. And as you know, because you know both of my parents, 
Um, my father, I mean, our family goes back three generations. My grandfather was one of the original members of Ararat Lodge, and my mother was a knocking didui. My father was twice a uh, spotter bed of Ararat Lodge. And so, as with you, your family ties to the organization, to the daughters, are very, very strong. They go back a long way. But when you were didui in Michigan, here in New England, we have... Uh, I don't think advantage is the right word, but we're certainly in a situation where there is a lot of um, connection and communication and collaboration in some cases with some of the other uh, Talijas and Otiags in this area. Being in Michigan, you didn't have that nearly as much. I mean, in many ways, you were on your own over there. Well, at one How point... How did you use that to your advantage? Well, when I joined, we had four Otiaks in the area. We had Toronto, we had Chicago, and we had Milwaukee. Now we're down to Milwaukee and Detroit. So we would have those... Um, uh, the Knights would get together, uh, and I forgot what they're called. Uh, they come together once a year. Nadek Shavashan, you mean? Nadek Shavashan and all the colleges in the area would have a meeting and the Didoes would come and sisters would come. So we would have that camaraderie. They were joint meetings then between yeah. all these different... Yes. Uh, okay. But even like, you're mentioning, you know, Detroit and uh, Milwaukee, not exactly around the corner. Oh, no, it isn't around the corner, yeah. but it's a five, oh, seven-hour drive. Wow. <laughs> but, yes, you know, we're on our own. Detroit right. is on our own. Hudipsimet in Milwaukee is on their own, but we're in one region. Uh, but, yes, we do not have the, the luxury, of, like in L.A., where they have seven in the SoCal area. Every and other block, yeah. And two up in the Fresno and San Francisco. But no, we didn't feel. Um, what did you learn from that, though? I mean, what were you, you when you have to do things on your own to make them work and to serve the community and all of that? You, you do it, right? Oh, I mean, we did it, but we we never had a problem. Right. You know, we we had a large membership. We were all involved, and if you, if, I like to say this: if if you go to a um, an Armenian function, you know, a dinner dance or so, or a dinner and they have speakers and they have a head table. If you said, would all the knights and daughters of Vartan stand up? Half that room would stand up. Oh, yeah. Because the community doesn't know who the knights and daughters are. They know us. My brother is knocking uh, out bed. He's also a trustee for the diocese in New York. He's a, di a diocesan delegate. He's everything. He he epitomizes what a knight is supposed to do. As my sister-in-law, she's knocking avak uh, didui. She's in the choir, and she belongs to several other Armenian local Armenian women's groups. But we're integrated into everything, and uh, so we don't feel like we're on our own. My otyak and our college is made up of all four churches. Right. The Protestant Church, the Catholic Church, and the prelacy and the diocese. Yeah. We all come together. We're united. And so we never felt like we're on our own. That's a great segue to my next question. As a Didui, and now as an Avag Didui, and all the other positions that you've held, what do you look for personally and as a leader in a potential daughter of Vartan? What kind of a woman are you looking for someone that loves to serve 
and uh, and can be developed to to be a, 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 a leader and that's what our purpose is our purpose is to develop leaders we are not a charitable organization we do charitable good works but we are not a charitable organization and our goal the knights and the daughters are to get members and to develop them to be community leaders. And the only way they can learn to be a community leader is to serve on a board. And everyone seems to be afraid to serve on a board. And it is so easy. Everyone thinks being didoey or spot a bed is difficult. It isn't. When you have seven people working together as a team and you follow your ritual books and you follow your bylaws and constitution, it's easy. But it takes time and people shouldn't shy away from it and they do and so we tend to get a lot of shy people and it's our goal to get them to feel more confident in themselves and to do service so what do you say when somebody comes to you and says you know uh did we or now in your case avag did we you know i i want to serve i want to be a member of the daughters of Avag, but i've never really done anything i've never served on a committee i've never been in charge of this or that What's your answer to them? Come join us. We'll put you on a committee. <laughs> when I became a member, uh, there were seven of us that were in, uh, initiated at the same time. The first thing they did, we had an annual fundraiser. First thing, the new members all became flag bearers. All became flag bearers. And they rotated. They weren't every meeting, but you two are flag bearers in June and you two are flag bearers in November type of thing. So we were flag bearers. And then for the events, uh, we were in charge of getting raffle gifts, going around and getting, they got them involved immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't say uh, sit in the sidelines. And after a year, then they started asking them, because according to our bylaws, you have to be a member a year before you serve on a T-Von. Right. And so then they would start asking them to serve. It's the kind of thing, and it's the same thing in the nights. Uh, I know I've, I've been in the group now for four, or the organization, forgive me, for four years now. And from the very first day after the uh, the inductions, the installation ceremony and all of that, I mean, I was, I jumped in with both feet. Not everybody feels comfortable doing that, but, um, you know, if you have a skill or if you have something that you do perhaps in your occupation or whatever the case may be, shouldn't they come to you and say, you know, I I can do this. I'm really good with finances or I'm really great with, uh, you know. It's our job to get to know them as a person, as a sister and find out, Anoxy, you you taught Armenian. Wow, that's phenomenal. Sui Gotiag is starting out with uh, no experience. And we did a table read last night of the ritual. And now we have a knocking Didui who's going to be among their members and she'll be able to coach them in Armenian. But did I know she did that before I drove up here? No, I did not. I learned that this weekend. So all of our members have hidden talents. All of our members uh, are, are cr- practically at this day and age work outside the home. So they have careers. And they all have talents that they can share, but we have to find out what that talent is and use it. And the best way to do that is to... Get them involved. Get them involved, and once they become a member, stay in touch with them. Forget emails, forget texts, call them. 
We didn't see you at the meeting last month. We're having a meeting this month. Can I pick you up? Can I take you, bring you to the meeting? Would you like to meet me for a cup of coffee? And once they uh, start coming on a regular basis, uh, they're an asset. They're all assets. And um, it's up to us at the leadership. And the leadership cannot do it all. And that's the biggest thing. We have a lot of leaders. We have our AVOX. We have our TVONs. And we need the members. We need the participation. And the only way to do that is with the personal touch. I know that our, our AVOX spot bed, in fact, our last few AVOX spot beds have been concerned with, uh, you know, the numbers in terms of membership and all of that. Uh, what has been the membership like for the Daughters of Vartan? Has it been going? Has oh, it stayed? absolutely. Well, the graph that uh, uh, Knocking Avak Spadabed, uh, Steve put up at the convocation at the leadership workshop. Uh, I, I'm not sure of the, the numbers, but it, it's, a, it's a downward. It's just downward. And he, he took it out f- maybe five years that uh, if the Knights are at um, maybe 10, 1,200, we'll, they'll be soon at 900. Mm. I have those numbers, and in the last three years, just three years, we've lost 30 members to death. That doesn't include the suspensions or the resignations, and we haven't had enough new members to offset that. So when you lose 100 members, my graft is going down and down. I have uh, extrapolated the numbers out by our 100th anniversary in uh, 2033. If we continue at this rate, we'll have 339 members. And you cannot have an organization with 339. Not a national organization. Not a national organization. When, by bylaws, each Otiak should have 20 members. So no, it's, it's dire, and we keep talking about it, but we have to do something about it. And that something is our members. We have to get them to participate. And I believe if they participate, and see what we do and enjoy the gatherings that they can bring in members. Avak Didui, that the reason that you made the long drive from Michigan to New England uh, is to help to prepare for an event that has not happened for a while, a brand new Otiag, the Tsuig Otiag. It will be based in North Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, before we even talk about that, how long had it been since there had been a new Otyag in the Daughters of Vartan? May 14th, 2011, Anush Otyag in Orange County, California. And they were instituted by Nakinavak Dirui Malin Uzunian. And they, start, they had 16 charter members when they started. And prior to that, it was Talar Otyag, number 31, in uh, San Diego. And I was a part of that. I was the Avak Tabrui, Nakin Avak Didui, Ivan was the Avak Didui. And they were instituted with 19 members. Both are active uh, Otyaks. They're still active. And so it's been since uh, 2011, 11 years. And the new Otyag, which will be the Tsui Otyag, based here in Merrimack Valley, which is, for those of you not from New England, this part of the greater Boston area. We're about 20 miles northwest of Boston, uh, not far from New Hampshire, is quite a thing here. And I, I would like to find out, first of all, how it all 
came to be. There used to be a Daughters of Vartan Otyag in this area. Tell us what happened and how this call came to be again. Tsuik Otyag, number 25. I was going to ask you that, thank you. Yeah, 25, <laughs> was instituted in on June 13th, 1971 in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Uh, the uh, Avak Didui uh, was Rose Hedison, who instituted them. And they had uh, quite a few charter members. Uh, they had over, it looks like, over 30 charter members at the time. And they were active. And somehow, over the years, they, they didn't grow. And the membership dwindled. And in 2004... They dissolved. So it's sort of they, it's sort of like they almost faded away. Right. And five of the original members, charter members, transferred to Santo Otyag. So it's been a long time since there was an Otyag, and I believe that the Talich wanted an Otyag. Yes. And they started um, asking questions and how can we get one started, and Susan expressed an interest, and she started communicating with knocking Avak Didui, Alice Kalustian. And, and her letters arrived just as Alice was going out of office. Mm-hmm. So Alice put them in a nice folder, <laughs> and when I was installed as Avak Didui, she gave me the information, and I contacted Susan. And since last July, a year ago, July, we've been communicating. This seems as good a time as any to introduce our next guest on the Talking Vartan podcast, and she is a a lovely lady whom I have known, I'm going to say it, since we were kids, and her name is Susan Hazarvatyan, and she will be the Didui of the new Suig Otyag. Susan, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here, and yes, we have known each other since we were little tykes. Yes, we did. <laughs> Talk a little bit, a bit about your of what you can say of the communication between you and Avag Dirui and how this all came about, and your own enthusiasm in seeing this happen. Okay, what happened was I um, reached out to Sylvia Tavishan, who was from Haverhill, I think, and I said to her that I would really love to start a Daughters of Vartan chapter up in, Nor- in Merrimack Valley. And she's like, well, I, I'll put you in touch with Alice Kalushin. And I'm like, okay, I never ever communicated with her. And then Avak Diruhi was installed and she called me and she's like, Susan, I heard that you were interested in wanting to start an Otyag. And will you come to one of our Avak Tivan meetings? And I said, sure. And I felt right at home. Oh, my God. I was like, I, I swear I've known these people for years, and I've only knew them for that, that short period of time. And so what happened was my husband, in the meantime, became the spadabit of the Arakad's Lodge. And just give his name for those who his don't know His name is Kim Hazavardian. And for two years, they were trying to get a Daughters of Vartan in the Merrimack Valley. And they kept asking me, Susan, are you going to do anything? Going to do anything? I'm like, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know who to turn to. But with... Avak Dirui, guess what? We started embarking on this adventure. So November 7 November 7 of 2021, we had an open house 
And we were challenged with other organizations that were having huge events. At but the we same had, time? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we ended up having a good showing. And then after that, it was, we got how many members from there? Like three or four. After that, I went with my husband to the various churches because he had to talk about Ararat during, because of every year the, the Arakaz Lodge goes to the churches and talks about the nights and what it's like and talks about Vartavar, etc. And so I went with him and as a result, after he presented his spiel, I would talk to the ladies that were there. And I went to all the churches and believe it or not, at that point, we got 16 members, so I was getting real excited. And a couple of people backed out, and then we went down to 14. And what ended up happening is we have members from all the churches except from the Arara Church in Salem, New Hampshire. I'm still working on them. <laughs> Susan, why do you feel it's so important to have a Daughters of Vartan Otiag here in Merrimack Valley? Because as you know, as, as Avak Dirui mentioned, it is definitely a sisterhood. A sisterhood that works together as one with the strengths and the weaknesses of different people. And as an Armenian organization, it's important to be able to be part of a sisterhood. And at the risk of sounding repetitive, what is it you would like to accomplish? What would you like this Otyag to accomplish once it begins? Well, I have several goals but again I would have to discuss it with my team I'm not the only one <laughs> um, one thing is I would like to contribute something to all the Armenian churches in terms of a gift or, or a fundraiser the other thing I would like to do is I would like all the women in this area to come together to be able to work together and to be one and the other thing I would love to do is I would like the, to be able to help the Armenian community up here as well as the Armenian community in the state, national and international. Now, on October the 22nd, it's going to be a pretty special day here in Merrimack Valley. And Avagdirui, I was wondering if you could talk us through what is going to be happening on that day. Well, on that day, we're going to institute the uh, Tsuik Otyag as number 33. An institution, we will be presenting a charter, and there, there's several parts to it. We're going to institute the, uh, the everyone's invited to the institution. The, the new uh, novitiates, uh, their family, the knights, the daughters uh, can come and witness the um, institution. It's a short service. And after that, we're going to initiate 20 new sisters into the sisterhood. And the Knights are allowed to be present for the initiation. Then we're gonna take a break. And then the daughters, uh, and all of this is gonna be run by the Grand Council, the Avachorut. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a formal opening. And then we're going uh, to have a business meeting where uh, the new initiates, or will be sisters, will elect a slate for their Tivan. And once that's done, then uh, we're going to install the new Tivan. And Tsui Gautiag will officially be up and running by four o'clock in the afternoon with a Didui and a full Tivan. On the same day. On the <laughs> same day. So everything is going to happen on the same day. 
So there's three ceremonies going on that day, which is, I'm sorry. Institution. Uh, the institution, the initiation, and, and the installation. The How many, you mentioned you'll have 20 new members. Do the members themselves have to go through any sort of a, of a process to become members? I mean... How does it work with the daughters as opposed to what, for example, I had to go through the three? We do not have three. Okay. Uh, the, the process is that uh, Susan, who is the backbone of the recruiting for this, uh, identifies them and speaks with them and finds out if they want to be a daughters of Octon. We just don't need numbers. We want people who are going to commit. Right. So in November of last year, when she held this uh, uh, afternoon, uh, I, I came. I flew up. And I was able to uh, speak to them. And I, I opened it all up to questions. Ask me anything you'd like to know about the Daughters of Artan. I brought samples of what Zabalotiak had done. We do library projects. We find a library in the area. We ask them if we can have it for a month. We fill the showcases with Armenian. So the people will know, oh, this is an Armenian. Uh, we also have a poster project, um, Knocking Didui, Charlena Pigian and I, and she's my Grand District Rep for Michigan now, uh, we put posters together about remarkable Armenian uh, people, men and women, and we take them to the four Armenian churches and we rotate them every month so that the Sunday school children could say, oh, I didn't know that was an Armenian. Did you know that an Armenian rec uh, you know, made styrofoam? cups, you know, that type of thing. So I, I spoke to this group of women to show that we are involved and we want to save our, our history, our culture, and um, showcase our own people. And that was great. It was wonderful. They asked questions. And I walked away knowing that the women I was talking to were very interested in becoming daughters of our time. And last night I, I came up to meet with uh, Tivan Tabi and answered all their questions and told them not to be afraid, not, not to uh, be frightened about being on a Tivan. Uh, they're brand new and it's going to take them a while. But we have several knocking Dirwis in the area who are going to be their coaches it's and not advisors. Like there's no shortage of resources and people to talk to and ask. What do you, any advice on how to do this or this or this? Right. There's somebody here. Yeah, there's someone here. Yeah. And to just enjoy it because it is a sisterhood. So, but I just have to say that uh, Susan, her enthusiasm, if I could bottle that, <laughs> it would be wonderful. Nowhere since uh, that I know of has one, one person, one person uh, recruited 24 sisters we're going to we're going to install 20 but in uh, November she's going to install several more that's pretty amazing Susan congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> and I'll tell you that um, like I'm always marketing in a positive way for the daughters of Vartan and I think that the more people I talk to the more people I will get and there's actually four others that called me on Saturday who said can you tell me more about the daughters of Vartan and I called them I spoke to them but again I don't know they're not going to be able to come on October 22nd they're coming November 15th or it'll be a project for next year a lot to look forward to and uh, it all starts in just a matter of weeks 
And uh, so you'll be back here again also for that, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> and I'm flying this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, no, that, the, that's a long drive well, from Michigan. I, well, I've Abba, done it. Avak Tabri, Laura Lucasi, and I, uh, I asked her to come with me. We brought supplies because this Otiag is starting with nothing. Mm-hmm. So we had banner made. We had found someone to make a banner. Mm-hmm. We had the Daughters of Artan flag made. We bought a flagpole. We brought tablecloths from our archives that had sat in a, a, a meeting room of another Otiag. So mm-hmm. there's a history in all of that. And so we had supplies to bring. So we thought, let's drive. Let's enjoy the beautiful views. And we did it in two days. Did you do the Canadian route or did you do no. the... Oh, you went the no, U.S. route, the huh? U.S. route. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I can tell you that the um, Arakaz Lodge, they said that they're not going to do much this year. Their focus is on us, the Daughters of Vartan. How great is that? How great is that? And there are some wonderful people, as you know, uh, in in that particular uh, college, as there are all over this country. And you are entering a sisterhood of which there is no limit because everybody is willing to do whatever they can for everybody else not just in their own otiag or talish if you're a knight but anywhere actually i'm already a sister i became a sister on july 15th at the convocation so i'm a sister of the zabel otiag how are you okay it was the first time in the in an awak uh convocation that we uh, initiated a sister and I wanted her to have that experience. So I invited her and I initiated her into Zabel Otiak, and which we will transfer her right. on October 22nd into Tsui. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if anybody ever goes to a convocation, the friendships and the people that you meet are unbelievable. I mean, sisterhood starts right from the second you walk into that, into the convocation. And where is it going to be next year? Boston. Right here in Boston. <laughs> you betcha. So we all hope to see you there. And we'll have much more on the uh, night, the 2023 Grand Convocation here in Boston in the months ahead on the Talking Vartan podcast. And always check the Knights and Daughters of Vartan uh, media, everything from our Facebook and social media pages to, of course, Avaride and the newsletters. There'll be much more on that. I want to thank the two of you. This has been such an enjoyable and fun conversation. And uh, I know that uh, you've had, uh, it's been a long couple of days for you, Avagdirui. You're going to Worcester later today to meet with, and I forgive my ignorance, the name of the Otiag there is... Santo, number five. Thank you very much. And uh, so you'll be having dinner and uh, enjoying the business meeting or the meeting with them. And hopefully they'll have a chance to... uh, meet and hear from you they will and uh then are you going back to, uh, on uh, tuesday tuesday going home only to be back here just about well gotta go home and three weeks later finish up the work and get ready to come back again so what still needs to be done before october 22nd to make everything work as smoothly as it um, needs to i still have to I, i've sent requests to all my otiaks uh, I sent them a gift registry and invited them to the uh, in, um, the institution, and they have been very generous. Uh, some are sending supplies and like gavels and batons, and others are sending money, and we're using the money to buy all the supplies. They're starting with nothing, so the Avahorut is providing them with everything from gavels and batons to ritual books, uh, uh, the altar, the Bible, everything. 
So that's what we're doing. And it's been fun. And it's nice that the sister in the sisterhood are all participating. I want to thank you both again. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. I wish you all the best. Not of luck, because you don't need luck. You've got people who are dedicated and who are going to do an incredible job. So I wish you Godspeed with the new Otiag, Tsui Gotiag, in North Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back here again in just a little over three weeks' time. For that, it's going to be a wonderful day of celebration for the Daughters of Vartan and, frankly, for both organizations because we will certainly join you in that celebration as uh, as knights. And uh, so, good luck. Have a wonderful time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon here on the Talking Vartan podcast. Thank you both. Thank you. My very special thanks to my guests, the Grand Chairperson of the Daughters of Vartan, Avagdirui Gloria Kerkorian, as well as Susan Hazavatyan, who will become the Dirui of the soon-to-be-instituted Tsui Gotiag in Merrimack Valley here in Massachusetts. That will happen on Saturday, October 22nd, and there'll be more information on that for Daughters of Vartan members in the weeks ahead, including how you can be there, even if you can't be there. The Veritas Haidenik pilgrimage to Armenia, the sixth such trip, just ended this past weekend, and on our next Talking Vartan podcast, our 40th episode, we'll get a recap of that trip from Avax Barabet Hunan Arshakyan, who led the delegation. You can see photographs of certain events during the Veritas Haidenik on the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page. And of course, we're all over social media these days. In addition to our Facebook page, which I urge you to check out often, you'll find the Knights and Daughters of Vartan on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. In addition also to our newsletters, there is, of course, our print and digital publication, Avadite. That's a lot of media to manage, and it's all managed by our liaison in Armenia, Gohar Palian. You can reach our liaison directly at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the Talking Vartan podcast, I'd certainly love to hear from you. You can contact me via email at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. Say that one more time, talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com or through the Talking Vartan Facebook page. As always, a special shout out to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Tunes. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Asped David Medzorian, Nevada Dot Lodge, number one in Boston. Shinoragana, Sideli Paregamner.